good morning again. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Matty Taos. I get to be one of the pastors here at Epiphany Station. And this morning, with us doing everything different, we want to take the opportunity to share with you three really big things going on in the life of the church. And I'm going to let my wife, Jackie, tell you the first. Hello, good morning. Thank you. Good to see everybody. I am Jackie Taos. If you don't know me, I am one of the coaches for our children's ministry here at Epiphany Station. So I am super excited to announce today that you guys did it. We did it. As a church family, we got volunteers, and this week we now have ages 0 to 3 offered for our children's ministry. Yes, absolutely. Clap for you guys. You guys did it. That is amazing. I, I mean, God answers prayers. That was awesome. Thank you. Thank you, all of you who stepped up. Thank you for those of you who contributed in prayer or any other way. We just really appreciate you being a part of the family. It's amazing. It's exciting to see this grow. So like I said, we do have a zero to three available fully staffed. If you do like to take part of that, please do. But stop at our electronic check-in station right through these doors. It's got a great big red and white banner on it. We just ask that you check in your child so we can be the safest church possible. You'll get a sticker. Your child will get a sticker. And you'll have a matching coat on it. So if your child needs you at all during service, we can flash that coat on the screen. And you can meet somebody at the check-in station and they'll take you to your child. Just from now on, we will be dismissing children for the 0 to 3 age at this time. This would be the time to take your kids, just like we did today after the last song there before we get into the preaching. Um, you can check in as soon as you get here. You don't have to wait now till now to do that. But to actually take your children and drop them off, you have to wait till now. Parents, if you could, there is a paper this size. Not the bulletin. Oh, I called it the bulletin. It's not the church thing. Um, oh, I grew up Lutheran. Sorry, guys. God. Um, it's this size, and it's at the check-in station, and there are people walking around handing it out. If you came with a child today, please grab one of those so that you have the information of the new things going on. Thank you, Jackie. Uh, the next thing I want to do is I want to introduce you to Jim Van Squeak. He is our ministry coach over our Momentum Initiative, which is this mysterious thing that we're going to tell you about that we're doing to try and grow in a healthy way as a church family. Go ahead, Jim. Hey, thanks, Maddie. Hey, everybody. My name is Jim. I'm a grateful believer of Jesus Christ. I'm so glad to be here today. Hey, everybody. Hey, um, um, I wanted to talk to you quickly about this thing called Momentum, and it's, uh, it's something that maybe some of you have heard about, some of you don't haven't heard about it, but really what it is, it's a church-wide stewardship mo uh, movement that we are implementing here at Epiphany Station. Um, it's not a fundraiser for the church, okay? This is an opportunity for us to learn to release our financial burdens, to get out of debt, to, um, to actually have freedom of these things that we don't often think about. Um, it actually helps us to be responsible with, with our money. That's the bottom line with it. Um, so the way that we're going to actually accomplish this is by doing something called Churchwide FPU. Anybody here been to FPU before? Uh, there's a bunch of alumni here. Excellent. Glad to, glad to see it. So what this is, it's a nine-week program where we spend um, one day a week, um, not a whole day, of course, but it's a, a one-hour session of a video, then a discussion afterwards um, for nine weeks in a row, and we learn how to be financially responsible in a way that we can learn how to budget, um, how we can um, plan for insurance, plan for... Um, like vehicle expenses, have an emergency fund if we have an emergency. And guess what, guys? Christmas is not an emergency, all right? Um, and how we can plan on bigger things like homes and education and that type of thing. Um, but get this. Epiphany Station does things big, right? Then we kind of do things big. Well, we are going to be doing something unprecedented even in this Momentum-type program. We are going to be offering 
nine simultaneous FPU classes over the course of nine weeks, starting in September 15th. Oh, yeah. Right? Okay. So behind me, I have the list of the days that we're going to be doing this. Now, do not think, oh, my gosh, I'm going to be tied up all day, every day, Monday through Sunday, going to these classes. No, no, no. That's not what it is. You'll pick one day a week, and it can be one day one week and another day the next week, but for the whole week, we will teach lesson one. So if you go the first day and it's like, I want to see that again, you can come back again and, and listen in, right? Um, there's a discussion afterwards that you can actually be a part of that is really in, involved and engaging. And we don't share any of your private financial information in, during that. It's a very good learning um, thing, much like our small, our, um, what, they're, what these guys are going to talk about later, okay? <laughs> and I would like to really point out, like our um, church family is a church family. Uh, we have senior family, and we have young family, right? And man, one of the things that, is a, uh, that can be a challenge for some of our, our people with children is childcare. Am I right? Right? So check this out. Monday, we have childcare for that class. Thursday, we have childcare available. And Sunday at the 5 o'clock class, we have childcare. And this has been graciously offered um, by some donations that we've received in the church, so there's no fee for that. There's no fee for, for that whatsoever. Right? 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 Out of applause from the parents right there. Right? Yeah. The parents are oh, my goodness. They're so relieved. But, no, this is happening, and uh, we're going to start on the 15th of September. More next week on it. We have some information out at the um, welcome station, if you'd like to know more now. Um, some of you got emails about being part of the discussion group afterwards. If you want to be a part of that, see me. All right? Thank you. Thank you, Jim. And so, uh, like Jim said, if you want more information, you can go to the welcome station. And if you want more information about this very next thing, you can head to the welcome station too, because the last thing we're going to show you about is from our most uh, photogenic member of staff, uh, Pete Lee, on the video, ladies and gentlemen. So like we said, everything's different this morning. Uh, everything's turned on its head. And what we get to do this morning is we get to do something very special and very particular to what's been going on kind of behind the scenes at Epiphany Station for well over the last year. We get to talk about Christian community. We get to talk about what we are coming to understand about Christian community. So like I said, my name is Maddie. I'm one of the pastors here. And today I get the honor of being able to co-teach with Rob. Hey, yes, I'm uh, Rob Mickelson. I'm the ministry coach for Connection Groups, the small group ministry here at Epiphany. Uh, I, yeah. I, I grew up uh, in the church. My dad was a pastor. 
I was born in St. Paul. When I was two months old, we moved to Fort Francis, Ontario, Canada, for my dad's first church. <laughs> all right. There we go. If you just keep whooping at this whole thing, that would be great. <laughs> yep. I lived there uh, until I was 10. So if you're doing the math, you're right. There was a few years there where both Maddie and I hailed to the Queen of England. We're basically brothers. <laughs> yeah, kind of mates. So from there, I moved to... No. <laughs> from, from there, I moved to Carlson, Minnesota, and that's my tie up here. And that was a tough move for me. I was um, entering middle school and moving into a small town where it feels like everybody's related and I have a Canadian accent, and that's the only accent that Northwest Minnesota is allowed to make fun of, apparently. And uh, so it was just tough. But growing up in the church, I was uh, kind of forced you know, in the family to go to everything that the church offered, which included our small groups. Now, um, the church for me was kind of a refuge. It was a safe place since I didn't really care for school that much. So it really meant a lot to me. Um, And our our church is what a small group meant was, out of the whole big church body, a very small group of eight people would show up once a week for extra credit. And uh, it was usually just some old ladies and a married couple and then my sister and I there. And, uh, but it was actually a very valuable time. It was uh, safe, it was cozy and comfortable, and there were pieces of wisdom that I learned that I took with me throughout my whole life. So now when I flash forward, I'm married, I have three kids, and we come to Epiphany, and I've been here for about two or three years, and uh, we love it. We love the Sunday experiences, we love the teaching, we love the worship that makes my kids dance. It's all just, uh, it's been great. And uh, now as the ministry coach for our connection groups, I'm very excited because small groups meant so much to me and were a safety net for me growing up, and now I get to help out with organizing what we, what we do here. So my goal is that the small groups here will not just be eight people out of all hundreds of you or whatever there is. It'll, uh, over time, it'll develop and where all of us have a safe, intimate setting to experience all the church has to offer. And yeah. <laughs> Every time Rob stops talking, you have to applaud. Uh, <laughs> so, like we said, today we're going to get to talk about Christian community. When we talk about Christian community, we talk about the church. And when we talk about church, we all have our kind of pre-built idea of what that means to us, usually based on experience. We've been to churches, so therefore we maybe have an idea of what that means for good and for bad. As many of us here have been a part of church and Christian community that's been the most beautiful expression of it. A place where you were welcome, a place where you were embraced, a place where you were loved and you were grown and you were challenged, and it was amazing. I'm willing also to go out on a limb and say that maybe as many people, if not more, have had less than positive experiences of what churches are. It can be very easily an elitist club, it can be power struggle ridden, it can be flat and lifeless, it can hurt people, and Church can actually also get so big that you actually don't feel like you belong, like you're known and that you're loved. So whether you're brand new to Epiphany or if you've been going here for a long time, uh, we're all here on a level playing field trying to work out what this thing looks like, what it is to love God and love people and what church is supposed to be. So that's what we're going to tackle. We take our ideas of what the church is from the Bible, and so we're going to start in the book of Acts. Acts is a very cool book. It reads like a novel. It's a story. Uh, It starts from when Jesus was resurrected, and then it goes through how the first church was built from the disciples after Jesus left them. So it's uh, very exciting. Um, It's the history and the diary of the first followers working out what church is. 
And so the rest of our conversation, this backbone we're taking from is this mentality of what that first church was. It could teach us a lot about what we should be experiencing together. So Acts, we're going to be in chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. It'll be on the screen uh, behind us. But this is what it says about the very first Christian community that got together. It says of them that all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared their money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. So that's what the first church was, and in our core belief, that's what our church ought to be. There are some things in here that uh, we maybe take for granted, we skim over, and there are some things that don't line up with our Norwegian cultural heritage. Uh, there are some things that we would like to see in our church family, wherever, wherever uh, that church family is. So let's take a closer look at this passage and look at what the church should be and what our church should be. Um, the first and perhaps most important thing that the church experienced was a deep sense of awe. It's just like this awesome awe spectacle, uh, this respect and reverence. And um, it wasn't just awe at bright lights or at uh, cool uh, songs and praise and worship or uh, the smoothest sounding pastor you've ever heard. <laughs> Maddie made me, made me say that. <laughs> Uh, there is no awe at any of those things. Instead, it was a simple awe at what they had witnessed Jesus Christ just do. It was awe at the profound love of God, the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, and the awe of what it was to be in the church daily. And so that's just the very first description of the first church ever. And even at that point, we can maybe find some difficulty lining up our current experiences with church with that. But it goes on from that. It doesn't just leave it there. There's this sense of awe, but there's also this deep sense of joy and generosity. Like people want to be part of a people that actually give up everything they can for each other. It's not duty-bound. It's not begrudging. It's not because somebody asked them to. They want to truly express interdependent love for one another, and they do it with joy. And then we have this final thing that they experience, which is maybe the most outlandish thing we could say about the church, is that they experience the goodwill of all the people. They experienced positive, affectionate support, not just from the people who went to the same church as them, not from the people from the same denomination. They experienced it from the community they were in because what they were in and what they were doing was good. And so people that didn't even believe what they believed had goodwill toward them. So I don't know about you, but that's the kind of church that I want to be a part of. And not to go too far ahead of the game here, but I think that's the church Jesus Christ wants for all of us. A place where God's presence is experienced, where we experience the joy of community, generosity towards each other, and uh, where Jesus Christ is the single focus of all of our awe. So if this is possible, and actually it's even prescribed by God as the first and most spectacular expression of the church, then we need to get together and we need to ask, are we missing something? Because if we are missing something, then it's time for us to put on our big girl pants and our big boy pants and be willing to deal with it. 
Because if there's something that we're not experiencing in the church that Jesus desires us to experience, then we have to find out what it is and why. And so we find in this description of the very first church, not just a, and here's what everyone was feeling and experiencing, having warm fuzzies and a nice time. It actually goes into, not just beyond that, but into some prescription of what they did together. How these things were actually lived out and what they devoted themselves to because Christian community does not happen by accident. So as we look back in Acts 2.42, it says they devoted themselves to some things. Together they devoted to scripture. Together they devoted themselves to hospitality and eating together and fellowship. Together they devoted themselves to prayer. Together they devoted themselves to getting together and being in the same place at the same time. Together they devoted to worshiping God and they did all of these things together, all of them, for all of them. Yeah, for the church to be church, it looks like uh, people gathering and, and devoting themselves to Scripture, to learning about Scripture and about Jesus, not just for themselves and their own personal growth, but for the sake of their body, for the sake of the other people in their church, and learning who God is as he communicates through the teaching we find in the Bible. It's people devoted to Scripture, to fellowship, and to family. A devotion to hospitality, a devotion to prayer, and all these things included all the people, not just a select few up front. It was all the people, and they did it for each other. And so we get this idea that the first church, the church, what Jesus prescribed for the church was one of contribution. That any church that wanted to be, that any community wanted to be a Christian community, be with people who want to do that, to live toward that end. And it'd be a place where people have an attitude, that they are others-focused. A place where the church is where I can go and add to, not just receive from. Where I can go and be the church, not just go to church. Where I can actually be intimately connected, not just attend. Yeah, so church means everyone, every one of us who call ourselves followers of Jesus Christ, that we're all involved in this mission of loving God, loving other people, and growing in uh, as a body. So we come against, uh, here at Epiphany, we come against kind of this notion of being part, we're part of this ever-growing church here, and, um, but what do we do when we find that uh, we're called to be the church like an axe, and, and do that while embracing thousands of outsiders? And the truth is, it's really hard. It's hard, uh, well, it's easy to get big if you don't care about the intimacy, and it's, it's easy to be small and intimate if you don't care about reaching thousands of outsiders. So that's kind of what we're up against. So uh, we know from the top uh, to the bottom of Epiphany, we know things like our worship experiences on Sunday, they're not actually the complete pinnacle expression of what church can be. What we do on Sunday morning is part of our vision and mission to embrace more and more people into our family. It's just, it's like our front door. And so most of you experience, most of your experience of Epiphany Station on a Sunday morning at worship experiences. But we would be doing a disservice if we ever portray that that is what we think church is. What we get to do on Sundays, we get to, those people who call Epiphany home get to serve and, and contribute and put their gifts toward the mission of embracing hundreds and thousands more people into the family. And that's good. We do good things. We open up God's word and we sing together. We experience fellowship, but it's not all there is. And we need to be honest with you about that because we know, we plan for that to be not all there is. Because what we find in the experience of the first church and the church around the world is it's difficult to find that sort of vulnerability, connectedness, and intimacy when three or four hundred of us get together on a weekend. And so that is why over the last year, we have been praying 
And we've been working and we've been reading and researching and we've been arguing and debating and then arguing some more and then praying some more and then talking some more and trying to understand what it actually means. What does it mean for God to call us to be a church that embraces outsiders and for God to call us to be the church of Acts? Ones that find that intimacy and that connection with one another. And we've been working so very hard over the last year because we believe doing both is worth it. And so now we're excited to talk to you about connection groups, which is our small group ministry. And it, it's going to be focused with an aim of uh, accomplishing exactly what we're talking about. Just it's small groups of people who gather in homes to worship, pray, share life with each other, and contribute to this journey of becoming the church, loving God, and loving more people. And so whenever we do anything here, we always want to make sure that you understand that we don't profess this to be the perfect answer. This isn't us unveiling to you the, the perfect solution to Christian community. We just believe it's a step forward. The uh, German theologian Dietrich Bonhoeffer of the 20th century, he said that the greatest enemy of authentic Christian community is the idea and belief that there is such a thing as perfect Christian community. And so all we're seeking to do is try and, and submit ourselves to God as he shows us how to move and grow for the best of the whole church family. What we do know is that we're seeing some groups winning. About a year ago, we took a hiatus from connection groups so that we could kind of fine-tune it and make it better. Uh, in that time, we developed uh, some groups, and um, they've been kind of beta test groups. So this past March, we felt ready to try to lead some people through what it would mean to take a step forward in God's mission, and so we walked a chunk of people toward the need and desire for connection groups at this uh, discipleship training class called Mission 101. Here, uh, we kind of focused in on uh, the importance of connection groups and using your spiritual gifts to help each other. And out of the Mission 101, we launched five connection groups. And this was back in May. And here's a, a video of some of the people's experiences they've had. The thing I love about connection group is, is the real people and the real relationships, um, the friendships that you build. And the fact that when you all come together, that God is in the same room with you powerfully. So it is, it is just an awesome experience in prayer and scripture discussion and just being real with each other and talking about each other's struggles and, and praying for each other through all of it. So that's my favorite part. Went through the uh, Mission 101 classes and um, they uh, got us started in these connection groups. Uh, I love the, uh, the community part. I mean, we all got to know each other. We got to know each other real well. And uh, the bond is, uh, starts, the ice is broken. We can pretty much open up and talk to each other about pretty much anything. So our small group uh, has 10 adults and 15 kids. So it's a little bit crazy. I thought having it at our home would be stressful, and it's really not. We just do life together. And even if kids are there, it's okay. Last time we brought the kids in for prayer, and that was one of our best times. One of the things that I value most about uh, our connection groups is the ability for everybody to uh, contribute in different ways. And the Bible talks very clearly about uh, the fact that as uh, the church, all people are contributors. Uh, we're all part of the priesthood of believers. And uh, one person is no more or no less important than the other. So uh, just because I'm a pastor doesn't mean that i got a stranglehold on, on things. Uh, but uh, everybody has something to contribute. Everybody is gifted. 
So connection group does bring a, a great deal of responsibility, not overwhelming, but just in the sense that, for one, I start thinking every day about what it means uh, for me to be a part of the church and the connection group. And ultimately, that means doing right by Jesus and, and living through Him in God's eyes. And then with that, the connection group, everybody there to kind of reinforce and hold each other accountable as well. It's something that God's called us to is, is that community, that biblical community and learning to use your spiritual gifts for each other. I would say no matter where, where you are in your spiritual experience, you could be either a new believer like I am, I've always believed, but a, should I say, a new follower, uh, or to someone on the other end of the spectrum where you've been walking faith for many years. It's really, connection group is best for anybody. Everybody's a good fit for this. If you're basically watching this video, you're ready for the connection group. So because of the experiences that these five kind of beta groups are having, we have confidence now in uh, what we're doing and in what the core goals are. Again, we don't claim that this is the perfect representation or anything, but we think it's a good step forward. So we just want to walk through quick what you could expect if you decide to join a connection group. So all connection groups are based on six core principles, which are in your program. And the first is devotion to scripture. So this is, uh, to keep it simple, uh, connection groups won't ever go off on book studies or random uh, other things, which are good, but it's just not what we're going to be about. We will focus on simply scripture. So what that looks like is uh, we have a connection group-wide Bible reading plan, and it's one chapter per week. So we've been going through Acts. Uh, there's study questions that are distributed to all the groups ahead of time to just kind of get your mind thinking about stuff as you're going through it. I like to try to just do a couple questions in the morning before I go to work. Um, and then what happens is when everybody shows up at the gathering, no one person has to teach anything because the Holy Spirit has been teaching people throughout the week. So everybody comes with something to share. Everybody's contributing. And uh, the Lord just kind of brings wisdom out of the group's gathering. Our second core principle is one of uh, everyone contributing their gifts. Uh, we believe that anyone who decides to follow Jesus Christ is empowered to build and strengthen the church. And that can be through a variety of things that are instilled within you to be able to serve the kind of community that Jesus is talking about. The Apostle Paul, who was a church planter and builder extraordinaire, who, who would send letters to encourage the church of what to do, actually summarized what a church gathering could and maybe should look like, and it's one that involves many people. He said in the letter to the Corinthians, in 1 Corinthians, that if we summarize it all, when you meet together, one will sing and another will teach. Another will tell some special revelation God has given. One will speak in tongues and another will interpret what is said. But everything that is done must strengthen all of you. And so with those gifts alongside the gifts of, of faith and of prayer and of mercy and of healing and of hospitality, we get to strengthen one another by knowing what our gifts are, which is something we use through Mission 101 to educate and show people what their gifts are, and then being able to put those into practice and into play and actually building the church together. The third core goal is everyone discipled, everyone disciples. And so uh, Jesus tells us all to go out and make disciples. And uh, Connection Group allows you to get some practice at that. So when you come to Connection Group, uh, you can expect to be ministered to. People there are loving and they've been studying the word and they want to minister to you. They want to help pull you along in your journey with the Lord. 
But then there's also an expectation that you're gonna jump in and be part of this community. So you will look for people that you can minister to, somebody that needs your help, and you'll actually pull them along. And uh, so then everybody's contributing. Uh, the fourth principle is meeting in homes. Uh, we believe that the church is not a building, and as much as we all love meeting in church basements, we actually believe that by meeting in homes, we actually go into a vulnerability. We go into an intimacy that you just can't get when you're meeting in a space like this. That someone uses their space that God has given them, the resource of their house, to be able to show hospitality and welcome people in. So all these groups will meet in homes. The fifth is simple gatherings. So for the official connection group gathering, whatever you want to call it, when you show up, you can expect a, a solid three things to happen. There'll be, um, uh, there'll be a time of um, scripture study where you guys discuss the, the week's teachings. Um, and then there'll be some prayer time. And occasionally there'll be communion. And that's kind of, uh, many of the groups take other nights and they go bowling. They do their fun stuff and all that. And that's great. But we don't want groups to get sidetracked of what the original church was called to do. So when you show up at a connection group, you can definitely expect those three things. And the final call principle is multiplication. Everything that's healthy grows. And so the, the mentality of the first church was not to hunker themselves away and, and guard it from everybody else, but to bring other people in and so that they could have people added to their fellowship, like it says in Acts 2.47. And so all of our connection groups, we want to drive towards the mentality that these will actually become one of our greatest vehicles for embracing outsiders, as people understand their gifts and their talents and their abilities to go and share the gospel. And so these groups should grow, and they should grow to such a size that they want to multiply so they can make more room for more people. Yeah, just before uh, the service here, one of the Connection Group leaders told me about somebody that started coming to their group that wouldn't have stepped foot in Epiphany. So it also kind of reaches a different niche of the population and it really gives us a stronger ability to do all that. So we want to share all this with all of you who find yourselves ready to be part of this Jesus-loving, God-following, church-building effort. If you've been looking to be a part of this kind of community, or maybe through our conversation today, you just want to learn more about it, we want you to let us know and so that we can get more and more of you started in connection groups. If you feel personally ready to leap into a connection group like you understand it and you want it and you want to contribute to it, we can make that happen. If you're part of a small group that meets within Epiphany Station that's not quite a connection group yet, but you'd like to move in that direction, you can let us know. Or if you're a person that kind of, as Rob said, you just maybe want more information on it, maybe you want to be understanding how to be trained and equipped so you can contribute, we can do that as well. Yeah, if you desire any of this stuff, you have one simple step today, and that is to pick up a yellow connection card. It says, take your next step. There's several right outside the door as you uh, walk out. Fill it out and drop it in one of the red buckets uh, with your name, email, and phone number, and, and we'll be in touch, and we'll either try to get you placed in a connection group uh, real quickly that's already going on, or uh, we may look at doing a sort of a mission 101 to kind of train some people in. We'll see how, how the response is, and it's exciting. As you know about Piffney Station, if you've been here for a while, we don't just desire to be a church. We really want to be the church of Jesus Christ. And so when he shows us that something's not as it should be, then we want to grow towards that. We want to be the church he designed for all of us. We live at a time now where more people are more lonely than ever. People feel a lack of community and a lack of intimacy. So we don't just want to create this so a couple of people can actually be a part of the church and experience it's full. We want it for all of us. Not just the insiders, not just the leaders, but for everyone so everyone can experience it. And so even if you're sitting there and you're thinking, I don't need that, you might be right. But someone else might need you to be a part of that because they need to be built up by where you're at. And so in all of this, when we talk about doing something different, we're fighting traditions. 
We're fighting complacency. We're, we're fighting against a general apathy that can be found in actually being the church. And we don't want that for us, and we don't want that for you. What we want is to be the church of Jesus Christ. So we believe connection groups are where you can find the church. Again, it's not, it's not a perfect representation, but uh, it's a great next step. So if you're, uh, whether you're a brand new believer or you've been a believer forever, uh, there's a spot for you because everybody ministers to each other and that's how the Lord chose to work. So think about it, talk about it, pray about it, joining a connection group. In a moment, we're going to wrap up um, our conversation on our worship experience here. We're going to do that by having the music team come on up and they're going to lead us uh, in one final worship song of response. And as always, as we seek to model prayer at Epiphany Station, we will have our prayer team down front during this last song and at the end of the experience. If you have any prayer needs or you need to have something prayed for, they would love to be here to pray with you for those things. But as we kind of finish up and as we sing and as we leave and as we go about our day, I want you to entertain. I want you to imagine what it could actually be like if we were actually like the church. That we got to experience this. Like this wasn't just made for someone else somewhere else. But this was for us because we honestly believe that the church is supposed to be a place of wonder. The church is a place of awe. The church is a place of miracles and signs and wonders and joy and generosity and goodwill. And so no matter where you go, here or elsewhere, we ask if you're going to be part of the church that you would be committed and devoted to building that kind of church wherever you are. Let me pray for you guys. Father God, we thank you that we get to be the church that we don't do this alone and that you have built into us a, a craving for community, a craving for intimacy and relationship. God, I just ask that you would open up the, the things that we've done to guard ourselves against your plan, the, the hurts that we might have received from church or just our very low, low expectations of it. We ask that you would actually show us what you designed it to be to each of us individually so that we would make it that, that we would commit to contributing towards that as much as receiving from that. God, I ask you to pull us towards being these representatives on earth, being these followers of Jesus that you actually planned for us to be. Don't let us settle and don't let us give up on what you've called us to do. We ask you to push us. In Jesus' name.